0: And this is Landon, and we are going to speak to you today about BNP in CHF. Now, as you've heard before, that we've often said that we get our ideas for podcasts in topics that we're either interested in or something that has come
1: up, or more often.
0: Yeah, it's often something we know nothing about. Exactly. And recently Landon and I were working on a case study about a patient with CHF and he mentioned the BNP levels and gave me a little bit of a hard time. I will mention uh, that when I told him it wasn't standard therapy when I was a baby nurse. And when
1: was that, Monique? Yeah, I know. A the long stone ages. Time yep,
0: of course. Ago. So of course it gave me the motivation to learn more about it. Now, for many of you nurses who have been nursing previous to 2000, do not feel badly about not knowing about the BNP. It was only discovered about 15 years ago and really not put in practice until about 10 years ago.
1: And I was a nurse before 2000, so it's not fair that I make myself sound too young.
0: (laughs) It is true. It has, though, emerged as an important biomarker with an established role in diagnosing CHF. There are also studies going on currently looking at possibly using this biomarker in MIs and right-sided heart failure and an acute pulmonary embolism. Furthermore, there are clinical trials undergoing to determine if serial BNP measurements have a role in guiding the titration of certain therapies for CHF.
1: So I'm going to start just by talking about what BNP is. Okay. Um, BNP... Uh, belongs to a family of protein hormones called natriuretic peptides.
0: Can you say that three times fast? Natriuretic
1: peptides. Peptides, okay. Times three. <laughs> fast. Each member of the group of these um, hormone pro- protein hormones is produced by a different part of the circulatory system. And these natriuretic peptides have an important role in regulating circulation. They act on blood vessels, causing them to dilate or get wider yeah. uh, they also work on the kidneys causing them to excrete more salt and water and the net effect is to promote urine excretion relax blood vessels lower blood pressure and reduce the heart's workload they are part of the body's natural defense mechanisms designed to protect the heart from stress and they surge into action when they're needed most and that's when the heart is having trouble yeah and so it's it's kind of a defense mechanism for the heart so logic would say yeah. if the heart is needing this defense mechanism the level will be higher That's certainly the, the basics of that yeah. so bnp stands for brain natriuretic peptide or it's also called b-type natriuretic peptide and so you'll hear it called either one of them and a, a bnp test measures the amount of bnp hormone in your blood it's rocket science monique I yeah that. i know it's really hard uh so bnp is made by your heart and shows how well your heart is working Normally, only a low amount is found in your blood. If your heart's having to work harder, such as heart failure, being the big one we use it for, the heart releases more BNP, increasing the level of it in the blood. And it may go down if the level is working. You can just sort of, if you need a parallel, it's kind of like white blood cells. Exactly. You have an infection, they go up. And when the infection's gone, it goes down.
0: Exactly. Now, the term brain natriuretic peptide is a little misleading as it has nothing to do with the human brain. Uh, BNP is a naturally occurring signaling hormone in the blood, and it's actually produced by the human heart muscle. But because the molecule was first discovered in the brain tissue of pigs, the brain term has persisted. The, the I, use... love, I love medicine. I know. it makes That makes sense. Yeah, it does. Let's just call it the brain. Some person
1: picked that and oh, let's no. keep
0: it. The use of BNP in the acute care setting actually came from a landmark study in 2004 called Breathing Not Properly Study. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Which stands for BNP study. So Breathing, breathing not, not Properly, properly. Study. Now,
1: now you as an English major, I'm sure love the grammar yes, of that not title. Yes, not great. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it was a large multinational prospective study using BNP to evaluate dyspnea in 1,586 dyspneic ED patients. And BNP levels were measured on arrival and physicians assessed the probability of the patient having heart failure. Two cardiologists blinded to the BNP level reviewed all data after hospitalization to produce a gold standard clinical diagnosis. BNP levels alone more accurately predicted the presence or absence of heart failure than any other finding. The 100 PG-ML, which is
1: picogram per milliliter I think you'd like you reg- that <laughs> regular listeners will know that I always bug Monique about her I know knowledge my math skills math and physics units of exactly
0: measure. but the 100 uh, picograms per milliliter cut point had a 90 percent 70- sensitivity and a 76 specificity for heart failure diagnosis
1: and those of you guys who just shut down because you remembered that from stats classes that you wanted to forget that's good
0: yeah it's very good
1: So doctors usually can diagnose advanced CHF on clinical grounds, looking at a chest x-ray, ECG, routine blood tests. But milder CHF can be a little trickier to recognize. And if you remember from our CHF podcast a couple months ago, a lot of those earlier classes, they're still doing all their activity. They have no pain at rest and those sorts of things. And and many other diseases, liver disease, kidney disease, they can mimic CHF. Mm -hmm. So when doctors suspect CHF, they can order an echocardiogram to confirm the diagnosis and assess its severity. Uh, echocardiograms are safe, but they're pretty expensive. And a lot of communities may not have rapid access to an echocardiogram. And so while the BNP will never replace echocardiography because it doesn't tell you everything, everything that it, needs. Yeah. it does help us. Keep echoes for patients who really need it. Need
0: it absolutely, especially when they're having to come from a huge community or huge commute, that sort of thing, right? So,
1: so BNP is used to one check for heart failure, but will also indicate how severe the heart failure is, and then also can respond check the response to treatment for heart failure. So instead of doing echoes on these people to see Mm -hmm. how you're doing, you can kind of monitor this BNP level. However, it won't replace the echo, but it may indicate one is needed or one isn't needed, exactly,
0: or how often it's needed. The BNP tests or results can be confusing because just about anything that triggers stress in the heart can increase this level. If a patient has an elevated BNP, it doesn't really tell us why. An increased BNP does does not always signify heart failure and the physician may need to do some further investigations. Now there are some common reasons for increased BNP levels and Landon already alluded to them, but let me just speak about them specifically. So they could include high blood pressure, lung infections such as pneumonia, asthma attacks, any kind of medicine that causes water or sodium retention, kidney dysfunction, recent heart attack, sleep apnea, and heart failure.
1: So then how do we interpret these BNP results since many factors can elevate BNP? It's it's almost kind of going back to the D-dimer thing, right? A positive D-dimer could mean a thousand things, right? Um, now, many experts agree it's perhaps more appropriate to use two cutoff values in assessing BNP level, a lower value that reliably excludes heart failure and a higher value that actively back, sorry, accurately confirms heart failure. So a BNP value of less than 100 picograms per milliliter essentially rules out heart failure, whereas values greater than 400 picograms per milliliter indicate a 95% likelihood of heart failure. It's kind of like those other things can't cause it to get that high. Yeah but values between 100 and 400 picograms per milliliter warrant further investigation. So an, an accepted and a suggested normal range for PNP is, BNP is way below that 0.5 to 30 picograms Thanks. per milliliter. So higher BNP levels do indicate a more serious disease process at work and are less likely to be caused by those other conditions, as I as I said before. So in effect, heart experiences higher pressure because of the backup of residual volume in the heart BNP blood levels increase, the higher the BNP, the worse the heart failure. And in recent studies, patients who had an elevated level of BNP had a higher risk of death and illness from heart failure. It makes sense. It does, doesn't it? Total sense.
0: In CHF, the heart, let's just kind of talk a little bit about specifically how that really um, I guess, the pathophysiology of all of this. And in CHF, the heart chambers are dilated or, or enlarged, and the heart muscle cells are stretched as the chambers swell with extra blood that can't be pumped out efficiently. That stretched muscle cells produce extra BNP, which pours into the bloodstream. So that's why it's very helpful in diagnosis diagnosing CHF. A normal BNP level is about 98% accurate in ruling out the diagnosis, freeing us to hunt for other conditions that might be causing shortness of breath or fluid retention. BNP is very helpful in determining the outlook for patients with CHF. In general, the higher the level, the worse it is. Finally, BNP is very helpful in guiding the treatment of CHF. Effective therapy reduces the back of, of blood in the heart, the heart chambers get smaller, and as the muscle cells recover from being stretched, they produce less BNP. Therefore, we can determine that the treatment or therapy is working.
1: Excellent. So in summary, uh, all patients who present to the ED complaining of shortness of breath and or bilateral leg swelling could have a BNP test done to rule out CHF. I don't think at this point it would be wise to put this in your standard, I order this on everyone when they walk through the door thing because there's There is that middle range of, oh, I wish you hadn't found this mildly elevated level, maybe from high blood pressure. So definitely include your physician in this decision uh, or NP. Um, So if the BNP level is normal, patient doesn't have CHF, you need to look for something else for their shortness of breath or bilateral lower leg swelling. Uh, But if it's higher, then it can indicate severity of disease and how bad it's... uh, And and it it is tied to outcome. So finally, BNP can use to guide treatment of CHF as well. If we see it going down over time, we know the therapy is working. And if it's staying the same, then it's uh, not working.
0: Exactly. So I kind of want to do a little quick word of caution before we kind of close this up. Because as in any tests where there are numbers involved, I think you need to understand that any test that you do need to collaborate with the history and the physical exam and there are so many other reasons as we've mentioned for elevated BNP that you need to assess whether some other factor might be adding to this number which is kind of what you mentioned about yeah, let's check really, with a doc it's before always frustrating we order when,
1: when you see nurses just order things without thinking and exactly then it's high and and you know putting another provider in an uncomfortable position of having to investigate something it has nothing to do with us being able to do things it's more but was that the best, best thing test to do, to do. Yeah. exactly
0: because what are we going to do with those results once we have, we have to do them do something
1: with them absolutely may actually involve sending the patient for diagnostics exposing them to radiation absolutely that they didn't need
0: Exactly. So the one thing that probably is the biggest confuser in assessing BNP is high blood pressure. It's the most common source of confusion in assessing BNP. If a patient has had elevated blood pressure for a long period of time, we're talking like several years, that heart muscle itself grows thick, leading to left ventricular hypertrophy, and the internal heart pressure increases, which leads to increased left ventricular and diastolic pressure. All this kind of results in you feeling short of breath, chest pain, and a very convincing clinical picture, uh, and false, of uh, heart failure. In this case, the heart isn't really weak. It's actually quite muscular and strong. Uh, This is not truly heart failure, rather just increased heart pressure and tension. This is when a patient may actually need to have an echocardiogram to determine whether the patient has true heart failure, which is represented by the weakness of the heart muscle itself, rather than increased muscle um, thickness and increased heart pressure, which is really due to chronically high blood pressure. So in the end... Please be careful when you are thinking about BNP and not and ruling out that there might not be other causes for that elevation. Check with your family doctor or check with your EP or NP whether this is the most appropriate test to be ordering. Excellent.
1: Yeah, fun. All right, well, that's it's, it for this month, and we will see you soon. Goodbye. For past episodes and to comment on this episode, please visit our website at nursem.org. That's N-U-R-S-E-M dot O-R-G. You can follow us on Twitter at nursemcast, and also find us on Facebook at nursem Podcast. We look forward to your comments and suggestions for future episodes. Remember, before incorporating anything new into your work, ensure you are supported by your own scope of practice, workplace policies, and your own knowledge and comfort. The Nursum Podcast is brought to you by PRN Education. Www.prneducation.ca.